Good morning, everyone. And to those that are worshiping at home with us, we want to say good morning uh, to you also. If you have your Bibles, come with me to John chapter 5 this morning. Uh, we're going to be looking at verses uh, 1 through 17. So John chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 17. And let's pray together this morning. Lord, we thank you uh, for this day. We pray, Lord, that uh, as we read your word, Lord, that you, you would interrupt, you would interrupt our lives and that you would deposit your grace and your mercy into our hearts. For we, we freely admit, Lord, that we need you and we want to grow in Christ. And so, Lord, as we look at your word this morning, uh, speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So we're at John chapter 5, and John writes this. He says, after this, after this period of time, after Jesus had ministered to Nicodemus, after Jesus had reached out to a broken woman, the woman at the well in Samaria, after a village got turned upside down with the gospel, after all these things, John brings us to a place where Jesus has an encounter with an invalid that had been an invalid for 38 years and interrupts his life in an unexpected way. The first couple of verses of chapter 5 really help us to understand in a greater way who Jesus is, what he's done for us, what he wants to do in our life. And we come to this first verse in chapter 5. It says, after, the, after this, there was a feast of the Jews. Now, John is really good at laying out the two Passovers. And so Bible scholars, they've connected the dots on some of these feasts, and they've come to find out that this feast was the Feast of Trumpets. And the Feast of Trumpets was to commemorate Exodus 19 and 20. So if you've seen the movie and you've seen Charlton Heston, you know what it's about. Exodus 19 and 20, where, where the Lord himself comes down on Mount Sinai and gives Moses the what? Gives Moses the Ten Commandments. And the glory of God sh uh, shines through Moses. And the people commem commemorated that with the sound of ram's horns, the shofar, they commemorated it with the silver trumpets that they had in the temple. And all of that points, all of that points to one day the great trump shall sound, the dead in Christ will be raised up, and the Lord will come again for his people. In the midst of this, in the midst of this symbolism, Jesus is coming. It says this, after this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to celebrate that festival, which really, its fulfillment points to him. And so he's coming in, and John wants us to understand that there's something glorious going to happen. There's a trump that's going to sound in all of our hearts, and especially in one man's heart. We come to verse 2. It says, now there, was in, now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate. Now, we know that the Sheep Gate, we look at Nehemiah, the building of the Second Temple, and the Sheep Gate, outside the Sheep Gate, 
there was a pool. And it's intuitive. You know, you got this pool. It's called the Sheep Gate. They bring the sheep in just outside the temple. They wash the sheep. You know, let me just tell you this. If you're a Sunday school kiddo and, and you're thinking that the sheep are beautiful, you know, these little white sheep, these sheep are nasty animals. They, they, they stink. They got clogs of mud on them. And, and what they did is they brought these sheep into this pool, washed them, and then through the sheep gate, where do you think they were going? They were to be that sacrifice. Who's coming at the sound of the trump? Who's walking into this scene? It's Jesus. He's the Lamb of God. He comes into a festival that points to him. He comes as the Lamb of God. And all of this layeredness, and John is such a brilliant author, under the, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's given a, us a glimpse of who Jesus is. He says that he comes to the, to the pool. In Aramaic, it means Bethesda, which means what? House of what? House of mercy in Aramaic. And Jesus is coming to be that lamb, to be that sacrifice, to be that person that comes to bring mercy, mercy to one man. Take a look at the text with me. It says, which was five roof colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Now, depending upon what translation you have, in the ESV, they put verse 4 as the footnote. In many of the other translations, they include it. And verse 4, if you have an ESV with me, verse, verse 4 explains why the people came. They came because the pool, the sheep pool, was connected to at least one, if not two other pools. They were connected by kind of a, a, a series of channels. And when the water was uh, infused into those pools through a spring or through another means, that water would rise and it would fall. And the belief of the people was when the water rose and when the water fell, God was going to send an angel to bring a healing. And so there's an expectation upon the part of the people. They're all lame. They're paralyzed. There was this hope that in my brokenness, I might get a break. In my brokenness, and in, in my in my need for a healing, and 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 my need for the for the mercy of God in my life, I might be able to just get there because it was only the belief of the people was that it was the first person who made it to the pool that God would heal. We're going to find something else about the nature of God. The nature of God is not can you get there in your own strength. The nature of God is not that you could manage enough of your own strength out of your own willpower to make it to the pool to be healed. No, that's not our God. Our God is one who comes to seek. And our God is one that comes to save. Our God comes when we have no power, no strength in the midst of our weakness. That's our God that comes. Jesus is looking. Look at the text with me. Just got to catch my breath. This, verse, this text is like so amazing because it tells us 
who our God is, who Jesus is. That, we, that if you're weak and broken, and, and I've been there, weak, broken, weepy, get up in the morning, cry, go, out, get, go, go to bed at night crying, broken. Our God is a God that's seeking after broken people, people that need healing, people that need hope. He's not, he's not a God that says, well, if, you know, hey, ready, set, go. The first one that makes it, yeah, we're going to bless that one. That's, that's, that's not our God at all. If you, think that's, if you think that's who Jesus is, you have the wrong Jesus. Jesus is the one that looks for the guy that's at the end of the line that can't make it, that's been an invalid for 30 years. You know, when I look at that, I say there's hope for me because I'm not the first... <laughs> I'm not the smartest, I'm not the smartest one on the block. You know, I'm a little slow. Sometimes my phonics trips me up. You know, some of you are like that. Well, how can how can you be a pastor if you if your phonics trip you up? Because I'm dumb. <laughs> and I went to sister school where they where they didn't teach you phonics. <laughs> teach you to m- memorize words. There's only so many words you can fit in a little Irish head. See, Jesus, you don't have to be the brightest. You don't have to be the the most intelligent. You don't have to be the most savvy. What you need to do is is to be able to say, yes, Lord, yes, I want you. Take a look at the text with me. Come back to the text. It's really really an awesome text, story. There was a man, uh, look at verse 3. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. And one man was there, who had been an invalid for 38 years. 38 years laying on a mat. 38 years being a beggar. 38 years not being able to make it to the pool. 38 years hoping, would someone pick me up? Would someone give me a ride? Would someone, would someone help me get to the place so I can have a different life? Someone, would someone please, please pick me up, bring me to the waters, be the first one. That was, that was the man. Look at the next verse. When Jesus saw him lying there, Jesus was watching. Jesus was looking at perhaps several hundred people. They're all blind. They're all lame. They're all paralyzed. He's looking at seven, several hundred people, and Jesus is watching. Jesus is taking note. Jesus is looking into people's eyes. He's looking into their hearts. You know, if there's anything else, if there's nothing else you take away from here today, no, Jesus is watching you. Jesus sees your brokenness. Jesus sees your need. Jesus knows where you live, how many hairs are on the top of your head, and he knows, he, he knows how many Dan Diamato has lost over the years, that he has very few hairs left on his head. He knows that. He knows it all. You say amen, Dan. Amen. There we go. Take <laughs> How long do you think Jesus was watching? Uh, 38 years. How long do you think he's watching at this pool? And I try to trick out the people at 8.30. You know, they're not, they're not that bright, you know, at 8.30. <laughs> and, and when I taught Bible in high school, I always, I always used to give the kids, the students, the answers before the test. The principal would get wigged out about it. She said, you can't do that. I said, I'm the teacher. I'm going to give the kids the answers. 
so they'll do well on the test. What I found, if you gave them the answers, they actually looked at them. They actually put the answers in their heart. Take a look at the text with me. I'm going to do the same for you. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there, what? A long time. A long time. Jesus never gives up. Always seeking. He's always watching. He's always looking for the one that's, that can't make it, the one that, that is, that's lame and weak, broken in heart. He's always seeking. Look what Jesus says to the man. It says the sick, his, it says Jesus was there and he's watching and been there a long time and he said to the man, do you want to be healed? What? Jesus, what a stupid question. Do you want to be healed? Of course. Do you want to be healed? Why did Jesus ask him that question? Do you want to be healed? Because he's looking. He's looking to draw out the man's heart. He's looking to draw out the man's faith. He's looking to draw out, will you trust me? Sometimes we're in the most difficult situations in life. We will all be there. Jesus asked us all the same question. He, He asked me that question. Ed, do you want to be healed? And I I answered, I am this man. I answered him the same way that this man did. Yes, but. Yeah. Yes, but. Yes, but I can't get into the pool. Everybody else runs ahead of me. Think about it. Do you want to be healed? Yes, but I don't want to give up. I I, I don't want to give up my my income from begging. I I don't want to have to trust you. Yes, but. I don't want to give up my identity as a victim. I don't want to give up my identity as that poor man that's paralyzed. I don't want to give up my identity because I don't want to trust you, Lord. Do you want to be healed? What's your but? Do you want to have joy in your life? What's your but? Want to have peace in your life, hope in your life? Do you want to have a better life? A life that is not encumbered by, by sin, a, a life that's not clouded by, by a mind that, that, that looks at who you are as a person, as someone that's not worthy, what's your butt? Because Jesus has come to heal that butt. He's come to take that excuse away as we trust him, as we walk towards him. Take a look at the text with me. He says, do you want to be healed? And the, and the sick man answered him, sir, I, ha- I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And, and while I'm going, they just step over me. No one's there to help me. I'm helpless. I'm broken. And at that moment, Jesus saw the kernel of faith, that minuscule flickering light. Jesus ignored the but and just took the yes. Jesus ignored all the man's excuses and he saw that mustard seed of faith and when Jesus saw that, grace was poured into this man's heart. Grace 
Take a look at the text with me. I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, get up. Take up your bed and walk. See, when Jesus saw that kernel of faith in the man's heart, Jesus released his grace into the man's heart. And what was the result when that, when that kernel of faith met the transformational power of grace? He did what? He got up. And that is our God. That's Jesus. Are you broken? Do you want to be healed? Yes, but. Relationships haven't worked out in your life. You've been disappointed. Do you want a new life? Do you want to be healed? Yes, Lord. When God sees the yes, he empowers the will to stand up. See, it's not about who can run and get there first. No way, that's not our Jesus. It's about the Lord seeing the broken, the one that can't get there first, and saying, that's my, that's my sheep. That's why I'm leaving the 99, and I'm going to get the one. That's why Jesus will leave it all to get to the one that the Father has given to the Son. That's me. I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Where I was a young man, a young man, and I said, yes, Lord, and he took care of the rest. Where are you today? Are you this man? I'm this man. Are you trying in your own strength to be healed and to be set free and to accomplish all that God has for your life? Are you that person that's seeking for, for joy and peace in your life? And you just can't make it to God. Know this. Jesus has been watching you a long time, and today's your day. Do you want to be healed? Stand up. That's Jesus. Take a look at the text with me. It says, Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed, and walk. Why does he say, take up your bed? Thank you, Alex. That old life is gone. But there's no littering around the pool, so take up your bed. That's right. Carry in, carry out. It's an Alex Knight quote. You'll see that on Facebook someday, but it won't be from me. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed, and do what? Get on with your life. That's it. Get on with your life. You know, there's a lot of messed up people in this room. How can I say that? I'm one of them, but I know you. <laughs> and Jesus doesn't hold any of that against us. Jesus doesn't say, well, you live this, you live this sinner life. Well, now you got to you know, work hard, and maybe I'll let you in the club. No. He doesn't do that at all. He says, now walk in the new life that I've given you. And this guy's just like, just like me. He, he's got some problems with sin, so Jesus is going to do a follow-up visit. <laughs> and he's going to remind him. 
to walk in the new life. Take a look at the text with me. There's an interlude. There's a parenthetical thing going on with the Sabbath. You got a set of notes. Now that the day, now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful. You're breaking the fourth commandment for you to take up your bed. These guys are nuts. Can we be this religious? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, sister. Yes, we can. We can have someone come in here, you know, an old drug addict, you know, drug addict and gets all healed up, but, you know, he's not quite dressed right or doesn't smell right. And we'd be there like, you know, did you sign up online? (laughs) Do we have your email address? Because, you know, there's, there's people that live in the woods over here. They come and visit. From time to time, they come, the homeless, come and visit. Can we be this religious? Yes, we can. If we don't recognize that, we're in trouble. We had a lady this morning. Well, I'd like to take the survey. I don't have a computer. Yeah, we need to examine our heart. Come back to the text with me. Is but he answered him. The, the man answered the but but the man answered them. The man that was healed said, "Hey, it ain't my problem. I only did what I was told. I don't know who this man is. Do you know who this man is? I don't know who this man is." And he begs off. Because he doesn't want to get charged with breaking the fourth commandment. Take a look at the text. The man who healed me, the man, the man said to me, it's not my fault. He said, take up your bed and walk. I only did what he told me to do. Verse 12. They asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. And afterwards, Jesus did what? He went, and he sought him, and he found him again. Why? Because Jesus never gives up on us. And he said to the man, hey, take a look at the text with me. It's in the perfect tense just before I share it with you. After which Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, see, you are well. Perfect tense, meaning something that is complete. Something that's permanent. Jesus didn't come to check up on him and say, oh, I healed you and you look like you're going to start sinning, so whoop, we're going to draw that back from you. No. Jesus is not like that. Jesus speaks to the man again, and he says to the man, see, you are well, sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, go for it. Go for Thank you, sister. Yeah, we need to have another preacher up here. <laughs> Don't look back. Thank you. Don't look back. Keep on trucking. 
step into the holiness and purity and the life that Jesus offers you, and you're going to find peace and joy in your life. Why? Because Jesus never stops working. That's the end of our text. He never gives up. He never stops working. And he's looking. He's looking for hearts that are broken and hearts that can experience the transformation that comes from grace. Could this man make it to the pool by himself? No. Can we make it to heaven by ourselves? No. We need Jesus. This text is one of the most remarkable stories about the grace of God. That when you think you are totally done in, helpless, can't find a way to get to God, God comes to this man. And it is the same way today. We have a God who is seeking a broken heart, seeking a heart that needs to be healed. And he leaves the 99 and go gets the one. How many, were there, there were hundreds of people here. But Jesus came and got this one man. And he'll do the same for you today. Can you say amen? amen. Let's prepare our hearts to uh, celebrate the Lord's table uh, this morning. Let me encourage you to say Yes, Lord, this morning. You might have a but or two. Yes, Lord, but you don't know my husband. <laughs> yes, Lord, you don't know my wife. <laughs> uh, yes, Lord, you don't know the neighborhood I was raised up. Yes, Lord, you don't know my family. I was raised by wolves. All this Jesus wants to know and to hear is yes. Would you say yes to the Lord this morning? Let's prepare our hearts.